Hello and welcome to Yours Mentally, a podcast that discusses issues that we all have on our mind but are too afraid to speak on. Our podcast is a safe space for anyone who wants to discover more about and improve their mental well-being. On this episode of Yours Mentally, we have with us Dr. Pragya Sharma, who is a clinical psychologist. She has been working in this field for more than nine years. She has an MPhil in clinical psychology as well as a PhD in clinical psychology. She has been awarded the Youth Fellowship Award from the World Congress of Psychiatry. We're so so happy to have you, Pragya. So on today's topic, where we talk about how to help a suicidal or depressed friend, Pragya, how do crisis hotlines work, and how effective are they? Crisis hotlines work in the sense that that if someone has a crisis, you know, suicidal thoughts coming in, or something that they really want to talk to someone about, and they do not have immediate family or friends around, so you can call that number, and someone would be at the other end. trying to listen to you to be there for you uh so so kind of to guide you through that episode right then so that you do not take a step that you can't turn back from and usually crisis hotlines uh have healthcare mental healthcare professionals at the end of it who are trained to work with crisis situations someone calls with a suicidal thought or a threat and they know how to go about it they'll be able to guide the person towards returning from that edge so so that's how they work uh, also i want to ask you so a lot of crisis helplines have started in the lockdown right but what i've been hearing and reading at places that they are not that effective one because you know the people on the other end usually keep this sort of a time limit to talk to the person like it happens at some places because they don't really, don't really have that much time to you know dedicate to one person and secondly uh, people believe that people like people have said that it's better to talk to someone like when you're in front of them and when you're looking at them in, as compared to on a call so do you think that's true like do you think uh the thing is crisis hotlines are not a substitute for therapy so so one cannot take a 15 minute session there and one cannot be available all the time and it's not solving the problem it's just to as i said take that edge off you know as right now i'm feeling really really troubled and i really need to talk to someone right this moment my therapist might not be available at night or but but this is not a solution uh a uh, solution focused thing it's it's just about calming that person down from the crisis situation that the person has giving them some amount of time to think about what they were really thinking of doing with their lives or acting in in an irrational manner which they might regret later on so in that moment it's it's effective but it is not supposed to help in the long term it's not supposed to act as a therapy okay so if someone suffering from um a mental illness has confined confided in their friends or family about their suicidal tendencies what is the most appropriate response in this situation I believe the most appropriate response would be a to tell that you are there for them in in their hour of need and then try and get them to seek professional help that that would be the best because the person might not be equipped enough to know how to deal with that situation and if they can get the person to agree to visit a mental health professional that's that's the best choice in that moment but um so regard like with respect to the stigma that is there around um so like around mental seeking mental health plus um a lot of families don't or uh, support their ch- uh, their children in you know getting the best resources so in this case what would be the most appropriate um 
response? I think the most appropriate response then would be to tell the person that you're there for them, that whenever they feel suicidal, whenever they have these thoughts really strongly, that they should give you a call so that you can be with them, so that you can uh, try to make them change their mind or to uh, get in touch with another family member or friend, but not to act out on that wish, to tell them that you are there for them, to remind them all that they have in their life, all the things that, all the people that uh, love them and remind them what they have in life to look forward to, to give them a ray of hope. Okay, but I have another question. So when this kind of happens back and forth, um, the person kind of becomes emotionally very dependent on their friend and sometimes a friend just can't give back anymore because they've been there so for the other person so much and then when the other person is not there i'm sure like i'm I, like i know that the person having suicidal thoughts feels like you know no one's there for me and it's not worth living anymore so in that case what is the best um response? i think the person who's who's been a caregiver who's there as a support system also needs to take a break, also needs to take care of their own mental health and do things for their own self-care. So either they have to have more support system or the person who has societal tendencies has to have more support system so that they are not dependent on one person all the time because that becomes really uh, overburdening the, the person who's caring for them. And, and I believe if these kind of instances keep repeating, then, then it's even more crucial that the person who's helping out needs to tell them that, you know, I am there for you. But, but you know, sometimes I also feel like I can't help you as much as I would like to. So so do you think we can try uh, seeking help from a mental health? Because okay, so otherwise, that's that's the long term solution. Otherwise, okay. it's coming back in circles. Yeah. So um, I want to kind of circle back to the having lack of access to quality resources because of the lack of support so in this case um how is it what methods can you um do or what methods can you um take to um you know sort of know which are the best free mental health resources and that are not just you know wasting your time looking for something that's not going to help you there are a of helplines and uh, mental health resources available online but, uh, I can't recommend any, but I would say that if you're looking, if you're Googling something, if you're trying to find out a hotline, helpline, then you need to know who's behind it. Are they mental health professionals? Are they not? And when I say mental health professionals, I mean someone who has at least an MPhil in clinical psychology or at the least a master's in clinical psychology, not lower than that, because at that point of time, you're not well-equipped to handle someone else's uh, mental illnesses. So just just go look at their qualifications. Everything today is online. Just just go Google who's there and, and find out which works best for you. So Pragya, uh, a lot of us come across many people that go through mental health problems, you know, and they uh, like they go to mental go through mental health problems. What are some things you think we should avoid telling them, you know, that might like there are sometimes that you think that you might tell them that make them might make them feel worse about themselves. So what are some things that you think we should avoid telling them? So some of these things are, you know, come on, it's okay. Just just get out, get over it. It's you you've already been through this again and again. I mean, I'm I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Just just get over it, which is something that people say. Or they might say that uh it, it's okay, it happens to everyone. You're not you're not 
the only one. So why are you making a hue and cry about it? You know, not acknowledging that they are in pain. That's that's the worst that someone can do. Taking it as something that they should get over, that something that they can uh, just snap out of is, is the worst response ever. So denying that they have a problem, saying that they are overreacting is, is something that should not be done. For example, there's there's always been drawn this comparison between physical illness and mental illness. So you won't tell someone with cancer to snap out of it, will you? Same goes with depression. They they can't do it. It's it's not in their hands. It's something that they are going through. If they could, they would they would love to be happy about it, but they can't. So so just 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 deny what they're experiencing. So I had a question about this. So it's often that, you know, sometimes you just need to be really not curt, but just have to tell the person the truth, even if it may not be what they want to hear. But also you need to draw the line between telling them the truth and between, you know, just being straight out rude and harsh. So how do you think um, as a generation, or as people, we can learn to draw this line when we're dealing with such a situation? I would say it's akin to something like, you are either being passive or you're being aggressive. But there's there's something in between, which is called being assertive. Right? So you don't have to lie or hide behind the truth and you don't have to be rude about it. Just, just find a middle ground and know your limits, know where you can, how much you can give to the other person and where you might have to uh, draw gap so that you can take care of your own mental health. But at the same time, be courteous to the person and offer any help that you can and if you can't then offer other sources of help that they can avail okay so um if a person who is going through um a tough time a tough time and has certain mental um illnesses or if they refuse to get help what can be done in such a situation i i believe the only thing you can do is be there for them you can you can hear them out you can tell them you're there you can support them you can find ways by which they can cope you can find out areas which help them, things that they like doing, push them towards doing those things which might make them feel more pleasure in their lives, uh, remind them of things that, that are important to them, things that they dream of or, or look forward to in the future. So so kind of showing them uh, how life has meaning, showing them how uh, there are things that, that make them happy and, and trying to draw them into these activities is all you can do if a person refuses to seek help. So I have a question about this. Suppose I have a, like, I have a friend and they refuse to seek help and it's getting really bad. I, I've done what I can do. So do you think it's a good idea to approach maybe the caregiver or will they make, will it make the friend seem betrayed or, you know? No, uh, absolutely. If, if you feel that it's gotten out of hand and, and you're scared for your friends, uh, well-being then then it's very right of you to approach their family members or someone close to them and tell them about it uh because even as mental health professionals there are uh times when we have to break the confidentiality and trust of the person because they are going to harm themselves or they are going to harm others or, or they are doing which is not good for them so in that case you you will have to take the harder step even though it might make them feel that you have betrayed them but in the long term they will finally uh, understand but of course they'll be pissed off at that time so uh, Praga, why do 
why do a lot of mental health professionals or uh, yeah just mental health professionals why do they keep saying you know don't tell someone who is going through mental health problems to be positive like don't tell them that but wh- why i like i mean i know it's not the right thing to say but i never really understood why exactly would you not tell them that like as a part of you know making them feel better why wouldn't you tell them to be positive i really want to know why it's it's the same as i said snap out of it so you think that they can be positive you think that they have this ability to be positive but they don't because see depression is not just about sadness it's about so many neurotransmitters in the brain going awry and and they can't be positive it's it's not within their capacity they cannot do it things are things are much more on the brain level much more in the body level and and not just on the thoughts level so it's it's not just they can switch out of it that's the whole point i mean you can tell them to be positive but the problem is they cannot be positive in that sense and and they will hate you for it because they're like i wish i could be positive if only i could be positive but i can't that's the problem you don't get me right okay so um how should caregivers of uh, those suffering with mental illnesses take care of their own mental health you have to have your own support system so you realize that this person is kind of dependent on you and you have to spend time caring for them so you have to have your own uh, support system people you want to talk to or even if you you have your own therapist to go to or things that you're doing to take care of your own uh, mental health in terms of uh taking time out for yourself even if it's an hour in the day doing something that you love doing so that you also get to take a break instead of 24 hours you know taking care of them so you you need to step away for some time take care of your own self do the things that help you get into your own zone before getting back to the caregiving and um in context of the same question um how important do you think is to create safe boundaries and how can we go about creating these boundaries without actually you know hurting the other person um can you give me an example i'm i'm not sure what you mean okay so suppose um i have an emotional boundary that i don't like to be cro- like i don't like others to cross it and i don't like it's it's my space and i don't like others interfering in it but at the same time there's also someone who's extremely emotionally dependent on me so how do you think that this boundary can be maintained while also providing um support to the other person so so one thing i said was assertiveness being assertive about what is it that you can and cannot tolerate so there are things that you can negotiate on in a friendship or a relationship and then there are non negotiables so there are places where you like this is something that i that i can't change that i'm not willing to negotiate over and communication is something that you need to keep open between both the people so as long as you are able to tell okay this is this is something i cannot tolerate and this is something that i can still work with you you can still still work through it so communicating to the other person what is it what are your boundaries this is important if the other person doesn't know they won't know they are crossing it all the time right so pragya if a person does not have a background in psychology or psychiatry how can he or she help a person with mental health disorders and like in the most basic way uh i believe by by themselves it might be difficult but there are always short term trainings to even even the crisis centers that we talked about they have short term trainings that that take on people who might not be uh very well into their study of psychology but they can teach them some skills to work with these people but otherwise if if you're not 
in the field, the only thing that you can do is you can try and provide awareness about mental illnesses. You can try and provide support. For example, if, if you can form a community where people feel that they can talk about their experiences, that's also very liberating for people to, to form groups where uh, people with similar kind of mental illness issues can talk about and share so that they feel that they're not alone. These, these kind of things can be done without, without a background. Lastly, I want to ask you, <clears throat> a lot of uh, parents and older people, uh, m- mainly Indians, you know, if someone commits suicide, they they talk, they talk they start talking like, you know, that person didn't have to take that step. They, you know, uh, why did they have to do that? They're mad and all that. What is something you would tell these people to, you know, sort of make them understand why they did it? Because <clears throat> there are many people who don't understand what mental health disorders are. And they just think that these people are like, you know, just just mad. Like that's the that's what they term them as. What is something you would tell them to make them understand that they're not mad and they actually had problems? I, w- I would go back to when I draw a comparison between mental illnesses and physical illnesses. So so when someone has cancer and, and is really struggling, we understand that something is wrong with their body. We understand that this is something that's outside of their control, that they need professional help. When someone is going through depression, that's a problem with their brain. Yes, their their brain is not functioning in the way it should, but it doesn't mean they're mad. There's there's no term as mad in in our uh, profession. We only say that there are mental illnesses just as there are physical illnesses. So you need to understand that suicide is not... Thing, not not a decision that a person who has a very sound mental health would take. So there is something that is going wrong with their emotions that they are not able to control. So com- suicide, as, as they said, that the co- word of committing, committing suicide is is not the right word. It's not a mistake that's being committed. It is it is something that that happens because they are not able to know how to live this life because because they're neurotransmitters in their brain are telling them that life is not worth living. They don't feel good. They might have tried certain options, but they still don't feel very good about it. So they they don't know what to do in that moment. So just realize that suicide is also a result of a mental illness, just like physical illness renders one incapable of functioning to the best of their ability. It is not within their control. It is not something that they could have prevented. Okay, I think that was it. (laughs) That was uh, quite very informative. I think I, 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 I like this episode quite a bit. Um, so thank you for being with us, Pragya. And everyone who's listening, thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next Thank episode. you.